Michigan's Children proudly presents Speaking for Kids, the podcast where we explore crucial conversations impacting the lives of all Michigan children, youth, and families, especially the most vulnerable. Join us each month as we explore public policies and issues in the best interest of our kids and families. We'll bring you lawmakers and policymakers, advocates fighting for change, and the people most affected by those decisions. With our host, Matt Gillard, president and CEO of Michigan's Children, we'll invite you to become engaged too and show you how to take action on what matters most to you. Episodes are recorded live and shared virtually on YouTube and the audio hosting sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Hello and welcome back. I'm Matt Gillard, and this is our fifth episode of Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's Children. We're recording this on August 25th, 2021. Today's topic is 60 by 30 achievable for Michigan, the promise and reality of a post-secondary education. Joining us are two important guests who are working to improve college access and career readiness in Michigan, particularly for those who have traditionally been shut out of this process. Michelle Strauss is the executive director of the Capital Area College Access Network and an impeccable and strong advocate for Michigan students and families for decades. And also today, he also here with us today is an important newcomer, Sydney Newsom-Smith. Sydney is a Detroiter who starts her college career tomorrow. Sydney's an incoming freshman to Michigan State University who will continue to serve as a youth ambassador for the Detroit College Access Network. As many of you know, a high school diploma doesn't quite cut it in most professional fields these days. 70% of jobs in Michigan now require a post-secondary education. That's either a degree from a college or university, a technical certification, or a valuable credential. This development has garnered a ton of attention from education, business, and political leaders over the past several years, in addition to parents and young people who are looking to build a stronger future for themselves and their families. As a consequence of this, the state of Michigan and similarly groups like Michelle and Sydney's have signed on to the goal of encouraging 60% of Michigan's population to obtain a post-secondary education by the year 2030 or sooner. So let's get to it. Welcome, Michelle and Sydney. Thank you. So, Michelle, let's start with you. Why don't you give our audience a little bit of a background about uh, about yourself and the work that you do now? Well, I am the current executive director of the Capital Area College Access Network, and I've been with um, CAPCAN for about seven years now. Um, prior to that, as you sort of alluded to, I have spent my entire career as a professional children's advocate. I did a short stint as a consultant with Michigan's Children many years ago, running our campaign for children that we uh, kicked off uh, back in 1993, I think. Um, And I worked in uh, a whole range of of children's public policy issues from maternal and child health, school health, early childhood, um, and now, of course, child welfare and college access. So I'm excited to um, continue. I, I joke that I followed my kids along their trajectory of childhood into adulthood, and I'm, I'm stopping here. I'm just going to stay put at uh, this stage, might eventually start over again when I have grandkids. But here I am, and I'm very happy to be with you today talking about college access and the important opportunities, really, that we're going to provide for our students because we are investing in their post-secondary attainment. Well, we're certainly all grateful and thankful for the work that you do and hope you stay put for a, for a long time in this important endeavor. Um, and now let's get to you, Sydney. What an exciting time in your life. I'll, in, all honest, in, in full disclosure, my, uh, my oldest child started college this week as well. 
um, at really? Penn State. And so she's uh, she's experiencing a lot of what you're experiencing right now, uh, just a couple <laughs> days ahead of you, I guess. They just started classes, I think, yesterday, maybe Monday. Um, so oh, wow. tell us a little bit about your background and, and what's on the immediate horizon for you. Well, as you previously stated in the introduction, I am a youth um, leader for the Detroit College Access Network. I've been doing that for about one and a half years now, and I absolutely love it. Um, outside of that, I am a student, just like many of the people that's probably watching this from um, the inner city, so I can really relate to a lot of the things that you guys are advocating for. Um, um, like you previously stated, I am um, starting my new journey into my college career at Michigan State University, in which I hope to, and I plan to, graduate with my BSN or my bachelor's in nursing and eventually um, move on to um, get my certification in midwifery. And hopefully, and God willingly, um, I'll have my own private practice one day. Well, well that's great. Well, thank you certainly uh, for joining us today. And thank you for the work that you do uh, in Detroit on behalf of the Detroit College Access Network um, in helping more young people uh, realize their dreams as well. So let's talk a little bit about that. Michelle, why don't you start? Give us a little background on the, the, the 60 by 30 goal and maybe lay a little bit of the landscape on where, uh, where we are from a policy standpoint uh, on college access issues right now. Sure. So uh, the Capillary College Access Network and DCAN are both part of the Michigan College Access Network. And MCAN supports uh, 23 local networks to really bring diverse stakeholders together to talk about the importance of post-secondary education. And as you alluded to, um, we know that almost 75% of the jobs in the state of Michigan require some form of post-secondary education. So it's critical for students to understand that um, just having a diploma alone these days is not gonna be enough to create an opportunities for them for a career. Um, it's important for parents to understand that they need to um, both plan for and encourage their, their children to pursue post-secondary education. And then of course, it's important to our business community um, to understand that we need strong partnerships um, with the education community in order to lay the groundwork for a, a pathway or a pipeline um, between education, higher education, and then of course, into careers. So um, we've been working in, in our community and certainly across the state to um, create a uh, college going culture. And I want to make sure that we say to the audience that when we talk about college or post secondary education, we use those terms interchangeably, but we're referring to any degree or credential um, post high school graduation. So we are talking about, of course, that young people need to continue and graduate from high school, first of all, but then they need to continue that education beyond high school, whether it's at a community college, a four year. Uh, university, um, in um, uh, skilled trades through some of our, our training centers and, and apprenticeship programs, and then also vocational um, education centers across the state. So we come together and, and we've uh, set this goal of 60% attainment by 2030. Um, each community has been tracking our uh, college attainment data for a number of years now. Um, in my community, we know that um, Ingham and Eaton counties um, have been growing because we've been working together 
um, across the community over the last 10 years. Um, and other communities have, have made much greater strides. Um, so it's just important for us to all come together and talk about um, how uh, post-secondary attainment is really gonna lift all boats, whether it's students or our business community. Yeah, that's great. No, absolutely. Sydney, why don't you give us a little, tell us a little bit about first, maybe how you got involved with the Detroit College Access Network and then some of the work that you've done with that group. So I always um, laugh when I tell this story because <laughs> I got into it mistakenly. <laughs> like not, not saying it was a mistake to get in, but I was not aware of what I was doing when I was doing it. So um, I had got um, informed about it through Revit Murray. She's the um, director for the program. So she's also the director for the um, Trio Upper Bound Ambassadors program for um, Wayne State Trio Upper Bound, which I was a part of at the time. And she had um, invited me to this conference. It was almost like this um, professional development for DPS schools, you know, just talking about the plans they have for the year, what they wanted to implement, their goals, etc. And so she had, invi she had started by inviting me that to that first. So after that, um, after I spoke at that, after I gave my input, she then was like, um, you should come down to PISA. You can meet some of the Detroit College ambassadors. I think you guys can make good friends. <laughs> so little did I know um, at that PISA party, or not at the PISA party, but at the PISA restaurant, it was almost kind of like my initiation into the program um, per se, because after that, it was just, you're an ambassador now. So I really almost say I was, it was like one of the greatest mistakes I've ever made because I didn't know what I was walking into. I really did think it was just, oh, you're going to meet some, you know, like-minded people like yourself and, you know, enjoy pizza. But now I'm in Detroit, a Detroit college ambassador. So I guess, um, you know, <laughs> that's how things kind of came into play. And as far as the different types of work we do, it's very similar to what Ms. Strauss does with um, just creating programming with the goal of um, ensuring the successful matriculation um, of many high school students to their post-secondary plans. Like um, for instance, all summer we've been planning this event. It's on September 25th. It's called the Taste of College, College Round Kickoff. And it's essentially a college fair, but to the next level. So in addition to the various colleges we're gonna be having from um, the Michigan area, also even including some HBCUs that we've gotten to come out, We'll have local Detroit vendors selling different goods, foods, et cetera, and even local food trucks. So it's almost kind of like this explosion of all the great things that really do come from the you know, inner city, you know, and students can witness this. Students can witness, you know, or be exposed to the different colleges they may have not have heard of, or even the different, you know, gold mines in terms of the vendors and, you know, the different local um, shops that they may have not have known about. So we do programming like that, or even just our fast for night that we're going to be having in October. Um, last year, we deemed it fast for fajitas. I think this year's theme is fun and fast fun games. So it's going to be in an arcade. <laughs> yes. And our goal is to um, get at least 100 FAFSAs filled out and at least 100 people um, started on their Detroit Promise application. So it's really just, this, you know, similar goals, you know, similar programming, which is really making sure that students are exposed to, you know, the different post-secondary options and resources that they're allotted to. 
That's great. Those are awesome. Sounds like fun events. <laughs> it's a listen. I, I gotta believe it's a challenge to make the fast for fun, but but it sounds like you guys are are figuring it out. So let's talk a little bit more about that. What so what do you see um, as someone obviously right in the midst of this um, in starting this journey yourself? But what do you see um, from the young people that you're working with? Is there a you, would you say a growing appetite or interest and understanding of of what the opportunities are? post high school um, for kids and and what are some of the barriers maybe that uh, that people wouldn't necessarily think of that uh, are challenges that kids young people have to overcome in order to to be successful in these journeys I definitely say it's a growing um a, well an explosion really of college-minded or college-informed um, high school students because now we're in the age of social media where you can watch some maybe if you're the first person in your um, family to go to college or even think about going to college you have things like social media where you can really look at, to these people and you know see like oh she goes to Michigan State or even if you don't want to go to a Michigan school oh she goes to Clark Atlanta and she's living her life this way or, oh she experienced these things so I think really in the dawn and age of social media I think that's really helped as well as just programs like Detroit College Ambassadors and MCAN and Miss straws program that really go into these high schools and they help inform the students to help give them these um this exposure to different things or different options post-secondary options that they may have not have um thought of so i think really it's just the mix the mixing of these new newer programs like i previously stated and the dot of social media that really helps kind of inform the students because i think Getting to your second question with the barriers, I think the barrier really starts with the education system, how a lot of um, inner city kids, they're, they're exposed to these teachers, which I don't blame them. They're overworked. The class sizes are way too big, you know, so they don't get this genuine experience with education. And it really does start from elementary school because you start not liking school, you know, at a young age, then, you know, you're bound to not want to do any more school once you finally get to the point where you're graduated. So I think it really does start with getting kids engaged in school, getting kids excited to go to school, excited to wake up and learn something new. So it really does start with the public school system. So when we can, when we can, encourage kids and make education something that doesn't have negative connotations, then we can then, you know, work on getting them excited to go to college. Because what I hear a lot of kids saying is college isn't for me. I hated school. College isn't for me. And what I always say to them is, how can you know something is for you if you've never tried it? But they always relay back or they always refer back to their public schooling experience. So I really do think it starts with the foundation. We have to get kids excited for school. We have to expose them to these post-secondary plans much, much earlier than 11th grade or even sophomore year. They should be knowing, excuse me, about the different options for post-secondary education, maybe even starting in elementary school, because you can build the seeds or you can plant the seeds then and they'll grow and blossom into something much more beautiful. Yeah, that's absolutely true. No, I couldn't agree with you more. Michelle, how about in the in the capital area? Are you seeing kind of the same uh, with, you know, growing interest amongst young people? Um, and understanding of the opportunities that are out there, but some of the same challenges that uh, Sydney highlighted? Yeah, we've been um, working particularly with our Lansing School District partners for a number of years. We kind of grew out of the development of the Lansing Hope and Promise Scholarships. Um, and over the years, our relationship has evolved and we've done a lot to, of course, embed our college advisors at the high school level so that the students actually understand 
uh, why and how, so how to do applications, how to complete the FAFSA form. But what we've recognized is what Sydney was alluding to that we really need to back up the bus and we need to be talking to both students and their families at an earlier level. So part of our collaboration in Lansing has been um, with a program that's now evolved called BOLD. And we work with the Lansing Save Children's Savings Account Program to uh, give students a savings account at kindergarten. And then every year, our uh, partners in the Michigan State Federal Credit Union come in and do uh, financial literacy education for the students so they understand the importance of saving. And we tie in messages about post-secondary education at a developmentally appropriate way. Um, it may be just sharing mascots with kids in kindergarten, but we talk about the importance of, of college and make it something that we talk about at the dinner table um, with our children. And, and we now have a continuum that we work throughout, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade to encourage our students to plan for their future, to save for their future, to recognize how the classes that they're taking in middle school relates to what their future careers are and expose them to career opportunities. So that's been a really fun way for us to stay engaged um, as well as be practical about uh, creating that college going culture. Um, but I think we do have a lot of students that fall through the cracks in that conversation. So I want to make sure that we talk about the fact that the disparities that our young people are facing because either of the pandemic and the, the you know, economic um, impact that the pandemic has had on their families um, or the you know, loss of access to technology or transportation, whatever those barriers are, we have lots of young people that, that just can't pursue um, post-secondary education easily. And so the work that we all do in our, our systems work in the local college access networks and certainly through MCAN is to try to create um, an understanding and advocacy really on behalf of all of our partners and stakeholders for um, post-secondary education. So making FAFSA um, more easily uh, accessible to students, making um, uh, student loan debt uh, lessened by increasing first dollar scholarships for students or doubling the Pell. Um, all of those things go at increasing equity and in reducing those disparities for students that may be um, facing challenges to pursue post-secondary education. Yeah, I know you're absolutely right. All right, well, let's, let's dig into that a little deeper. You and I have both been uh around this town, I mean, Lansing for a long time and, and involved in a lot of these uh, these battles, these political battles. So let's talk a little bit about the politics around college access. Um, how have you seen that maybe develop or evolve and maybe even in particular most recently um, with you know all of the focus on the, on the pandemic and the COVID relief programs that have come from the feds and where we're at at the state right now? Kind of give us a little, maybe a bit of the political landscape around this issue. Sure. Well, I think on the one hand, because businesses are um, really screaming that they don't have enough qualified workers to fill all the jobs that are available, um, we have been able to um, talk about what's needed. And for many businesses, that is skills, right? They need people to be A, graduated from high school, 
um, and B, have some um, education beyond high school. Um, so we have a lot of allies and partners in the business community who are saying, you know, we support post-secondary education. We support um, reducing these barriers to students accessing education. So that's a, a positive. Um, I also know that we do have a lot of people out there saying, well, college is not worth it, right? Because it's too expensive. It's going to, I'm going to have too much student loan debt. Um, we have answers for that um, in the fact that we uh, want to encourage everybody to apply for the FAFSA um, because the FAFSA triggers not only the federal um, Pell Grants and the state um, tuition assistance programs like the tuition incentive program if you were on Medicaid, but it also triggers um, the institutional dollars that come through the endowment funds of our colleges and universities. And it also triggers a lot of those local dollars that come through our promised scholarship systems or other scholarships that are set up. So we have to encourage families to complete the FAFSA. And that's why we've invested so much time and energy in having college advisors in, in my community here in Ingham and Eaton County, because we want people to know that, that the help is there to complete that process. So the, the politics I, I always comes back to educating our communities about why this is important and sharing that insight and information with our policymakers. So Matt, you and I have done grassroots policy for our whole lives. And, and so empowering students like Sydney is important. So this past year, you know, we worked together with Michigan's Children and the Michigan League for Public Policy and DCAN to host the, our first um, student advocacy day. So students got to meet with legislators and talk about their stories. You know, other students like Sydney told their stories of their journey to try and get to college. Um, we also, I think, need to um, engage in opportunities where we are um, communicating regularly with policymakers about these issues. Um, so, you know, the action alerts that Michigan's children sends out most recently on the Chaffee fundings, because we know we have students who are in foster care, the state is their parent, and they are not getting access to the federal dollars that they are eligible for to help them as a result of the pandemic. We want to make sure that those things are accessed by those students. So, you know, whether we find a, a foster student in our community or whether you know a foster student in the community or you just advocate for the fact that that money be spent on foster students and not redirected towards something else is important messages that we need to be um, getting across to our policymakers. We don't want to leave any stone unturned and certainly any dollar returned. Um, to the feds that could and should be going to our students right now. So that's a lot of the, the community advocacy work that we do in our local college access networks to keep this in front of our legislators. Yeah, and it's incredibly important work, and you know that. And, and, and we at Michigan's Children are obviously extremely grateful for the work that you guys do at the local level. Uh, we would not be able to be, you know, in any position of, of influence or able to, to even... Uh, um, um, push for these issues if there wasn't these strong networks locally uh, who are doing the work on the ground and making these issues important. Uh, Sydney, what advice would you have or maybe what message would you have 
for young people, not necessarily young people that are still in high school or even in elementary school looking at college, but it, people may be in, in positions similar to yourself or around your age that want to get involved or engaged and, and help the younger generation or those coming behind them uh, on these college access issues. Um, as cliche and as cheesy as it may sound and as overly um, stated as it may be, but really just be the change that you want to see in the community. And I know, like I said, it sounds cheesy, but truly when you live by that, you find those outreach programs, you seek the um, programming that you want. You know, like I, you know, I wanted to be a change, but I couldn't figure out where to start. But when you really pursue that, you the opportunities come to you. Like I have previously stated with the Detroit College Ambassadors, I had got involved with them because I was involved in similar programming with the similar purpose or a similar focus. So when you really ground yourself in the change you want to see and being that change, you really do find those opportunities or those opportunities find you. So, you know, be, try to um, become or try to be involved in maybe your um, your um, colleges or your university's um, student council, I think, or student body, because even though it may be smaller scale, it'll open up bigger opportunities to be the change that you want to see. So really just, like I stated before, really stay grounded in that be the change you want to see, because the opportunities will come to you. And when you seek the opportunities, they'll be allotted. Just like this podcast, I didn't even, you know, know that this um, would be a platform that I can become a student advocate on. But because I was being the change that I wanted to see it within my own community, within the college going community, this opportunity came to me. So truly do, truly try to be the change that you want to see in the community or within your own community. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's excellent advice for anybody at any age, really. And, and it's inspiring for me to hear that uh, from a young person who's, who's about to enter college tomorrow and uh, has a, a bright future in front of her for certain. Well, I want to thank you both, certainly for joining us. And thank you again for the work that you do in your communities. This issue is clearly important. It's important to, to young people and families throughout Michigan and throughout the country, but it's important to our, to our state as a whole. And I think people are recognizing that. And we're going to continue to focus at Michigan's Children on doing all that we can to support the college access networks and to support these goals of getting as many young people as possible to attain post-secondary education levels. Um, well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks again to Sydney and to Michelle for joining us today and for the great work that they're doing on behalf of young people and their families. We'll be back for another episode of Speaking for Kids next month. Meanwhile, please try to become a regular listener and download the podcast from popular hosting sites. Also, don't forget to check us out online at www.michiganschildren.org, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And please sign up for our weekly e-bulletins if you have not yet done so. Bye now. You've been listening to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children with host Matt Gillard. Thanks for joining us. To explore these and other issues relevant to our state's children, youth, and families, and to build your advocacy muscle, go to our website at www.michiganschildren.org. You'll find links and news about past and future podcast topics under our resource tab and action alerts under the Take Action tab. Find and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Terry Bannis and Stephen Wallace produced this podcast. 
Contact them with your questions and ideas for other topics. Michigan's Children is a nonprofit advocacy organization, an independent voice working to reduce disparities in child outcomes from cradle to career through policy change.